Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mile with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network on this Wednesday edition. Kelly Stewart in for Chad, who is visiting family in Nebraska. They did arrive through the storm. Sent a photo of all the snow and, well, good luck getting out of that. He's digging out already. Getting ready for the uh, departure one day in. Godspeed, Chad. Uh, Coming up, we've got Tank Williams, former NFL safety. We'll discuss the top headlines across the league, which today includes Russell Wilson. He's benched in favor of Jarrett Stidham in Denver. Two games left, 9% chance right now, uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info. Um, 91% chance that they will not make the postseason. They actually have better odds to win the division than reach the seven seed, which is interesting. 4% chance of winning the division, 3% chance the Broncos have of being the final wild card at seven based on tiebreakers. So who knows? Jarrett Stidham to the rescue. Not good news for Russell Wilson and the Broncos moving forward. They don't think he's good enough to actually finish the season for them. And he's the backup. So Kelly, that tells me if it's about injury, why would you have him as the backup? One play away of being back in. Well, who else is going to be the backup? Anybody else. I mean, you're already saying he's not good enough to start. I don't know if you're worried about the $37 million lock-in for 2025 that would be guaranteed in March if he failed his physical. You're trying to avoid that, much like the Raiders did with Derek Carr. You know, it's like, okay. Uh, they literally don't have a third quarterback on their depth chart. Well, what about the practice squad? Because you can elevate one. No, they don't have one? I mean, I can look, but here's my point. I think they're just saying that. If they could elevate somebody from the practice squad, they probably will. And they're going to say Russell Wilson's the backup because they don't want it to look like this is why they're sitting him. But if Jared Sidham was to get hurt, I don't think they'd march Russell Wilson out there. Well, I, I mean, let's see here. Who they, who they have on their practice squad right now is Ben DiNucci, who uh, is by way of Dallas. Was it last year or two years ago when he played? Two years ago. Ben DiNucci uh, on the practice squad. We'll see him. Maybe he's, maybe Russell Wilson's just the emergency quarterback. They'll put that into effect. Hey, starting uh, January 3rd, the only place to catch OutKick's original and fearless content will be live on our website. Live shows on the website, OutKick.com. You will catch all of the live content unfiltered by clicking the Watch tab and watching live. All unfiltered content. Head to the Watch tab at OutKick.com so you will not miss a beat. Uh, you'll see On Demand on the YouTube channel by searching... Out, outkick and subscribing to the channel. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., best wide receiver, highly coveted. He was discussed even last year as, you know, not eligible, but everyone wishes that he was. Same as Brock Bowers. Um, so Caleb Williams on his uh, X account liked a post from a fan, a Bears fan, that wrote and said only one option for the Chicago Bears in the 2024 NFL draft. It's not Caleb Williams. We want Justin Fields. The answer is Marvin Harrison Jr. Discussing the number one overall pick. Caleb Williams liked this post. And this goes in line, you know, if you're just reading between everything. He said prior to the season, through he and his father, insinuating they, you know, based on who held the number one overall pick, that would determine whether or not he wanted to come back for another year, uh, potentially. He would hold out. He would ensure that he's going to the franchise he wants to go to. Uh, I mean, you don't have to, 
you don't have to go back to college for another year to ensure that. Just ask Eli Manning, who did just that. Um, but this is... I, I wouldn't like this if I'm an NFL team. Even if I'm not the Bears. And if I'm the Bears, I'm, I'm drafting him. I think they'll draft him. I wouldn't. But I also... It's not going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. number one. It's going to be a quarterback. If you're not going to draft a quarterback number one overall, you're trading the pick. And you're getting a boatload in return for what is a much better quarterback class than what we saw the last, what, three years? Two years. I think that would be the strategy I would have if I'm Chicago. Here's uh, the interesting thought about Bears fans. So, spent uh, Christmas, well, the week before Christmas with some family that's not technically my family, but close enough. They're okay. all Chicago Bears fans. And we're sitting there, and I have uh, the Bears to beat the Lions. Okay. And they all think I'm crazy, of course. You know, just they're just small home underdog. And he's, oh, you hate Justin Fields. No, I don't hate Justin Fields, but his stat line looks eerily similar outside of rushing yards to Davis Mills. That's all I'm saying is that I don't, I don't believe in Justin Fields. And he really made a compelling case as to why Justin should stay in Chicago. He has back-to-back years improved, right? So what we've seen in Chicago, what their biggest issue has been is not only a coaching carousel, but a quarterback carousel. And at some point in time, you've got to stop doing that and say, okay, we've got our guy, let's build around him. I think that makes sense. I don't know if Justin Fields is the long-term guy, but he's athletic enough. He doesn't make complete bonehead mistakes. Would I take him over Russell Wilson today as a Broncos fan? I'm not sure. But I will say I this. Would. There's something for him to build off of. You mentioned yesterday, we Harbaugh to the Bears. I mean, right. who knows? Whether um, they stay with Floss or not, I think is a bigger question mark than if they should stay with Justin Fields. I agree with you. I do think that Caleb Williams is going to be drafted number one. Yep. I don't know why. I, I, I understand what we saw from him in college. That doesn't always correlate to the NFL, obviously. But what did we talk about with Russell Wilson in the first segment? You have to be a leader. Caleb Williams isn't a leader. No. You don't go cry with your mom in the stands after losing a game. You don't Well, beyond all- that, beyond that, you don't go with the antics even off the field. Correct. That- that's all, the only time we heard from him was about whether or not he's going to go pro and what his dad and, was saying. And whether or not he should get to own part of an NFL team. Uh, do you think you're Tom Brady? Right, I, yeah. I mean, you have proven us nothing. And the reason why I brought up the crying with his mom thing is because you win and you celebrate with your teammates, you lose. And then you, you're, with, you're supposed to be a team. And that's what a real leader does. And he made that moment all about himself. Yeah, uh, well, I think the media made that moment about Caleb Williams, too. Um, uh, the focus on it uh, is no different than focusing on uh, Shador Sanders. Yeah. After every no, Colorado right. game, however, you know he 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 knows and, and he knows exactly where he's setting up certain things, like the you know the painted fingernails. Didn't like it when the Notre Dame fan came up to him. You yeah. Know, How about them nails, bro? Uh, he didn't like it to the point where he said, "I you know wolves don't respond to sheep or whatever." You know, uh, but then wants to you know call out some fan who ran up to him talking trash the same way he talked trash with the F-bomb on his, written out on his hand the previous year. I mean, it. Well, what goes around comes around. And to me, I don't think this gets better from the, you mentioned the leadership thing. I, I agree. I just, uh, just to me, perception's reality here. And 
if you're drafting a quarterback number one overall, you've got to make sure that that is your franchise guy. If Matt Eberflus comes back, and it's, it seems like it's kind of a toss-up right now, if he is. Right now, the sentiment is he's like 51% back. Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune wrote that this morning. Um, you know, two more games of the evaluation process. They just come off a win, what, against the Cardinals. I, are you saddling up with Caleb Williams? Now, you will if the ownership group says you're doing it. Well, you have no choice. But, but I mean, Do, you're but, also like... The, the Justin Fields d- dilemma is this. He is eligible now for contract extension. Yes. And so they've had the luxury... Well, the first two years they didn't because they were in salary cap hell. This past offseason, they had the most money. They had the luxury of actually spending it on other positions instead of giving that to the quarterback, like we saw the extensions for, for other teams that will come back around, and you have to make decisions like the Chiefs had to do during the COVID cap year at receiver. I, I look at this and I think, well, I mean, if you're, if you're willing to give the money to Justin Fields, then you've got to actually back him to the point that they haven't done to this, this level. If you're going with the rookie quarterback, you're pretty much going to be fired if you're the GM or if you're the head coach because you're not given time. Time's running out already because you've sucked with Justin Fields. They, don't, they do show patience in Chicago. Though. They, they did fire... Uh, who was the recent coach that was fired after two years? Um, let me look this up briefly. They, it hadn't been done since like the 40s, the last time they had fired a coach, a Tressman. Mark Tressman was fired after two seasons in 2014. Last time that happened was Patty Driscoll uh, in the mid-50s was the last coach that was fired after two years. Eberflus is right there. But, you, I mean, you, you, this is like a... If I'm the coach, I'm trying to save my gig. And I'm not going with Caleb Williams because there's going to be... There's just friction with him. It's just the optics alone, Kelly, bother me. Uh, and surprisingly, the more I've watched Justin Fields and watched him interact with his teammates and seen the fan bases, yeah. Chicago's starting to buy in. Now, granted, they've yeah, not I mean, had an impressive season by any means, and he was hurt for a little bit of the season, but there were a couple of games there where he really had a nice breakout. Okay, albeit against the Commanders. Uh, but, you know, they were still seven-point underdogs on Thursday night, went into a hostile territory on primetime and got a win, and, and, a, and a big win at that. They, I mean, they, they started 0-4, I believe. Right. And they've been competitive. They were competitive last year, too, when Fields started games. Right. And, but that, that, and they, again, they, they were... lost fourth quarter. They were competitive in the fourth quarter against, like, the Broncos, the Lions, and there was one other team, and they lost that. You know, they if you don't have the meltdowns that they've had, they're... In this NFC, they're in the postseason, but they're far from. They're a very young team. They are, and, and but that's again going back to the build. At what point you you cannot keep being the Panthers, where you fire your head coach right. and where you draft a young quarterback and it doesn't immediately. But you hold two first round picks and you could get the top coach if you wanted the top coach. I'm not saying Harbaugh wants Chicago, but you, that's a good spot to turn okay, things fine. over. Fine, if Harbaugh doesn't want Chicago, I think Bill Belichick. Could be a really interesting fit in Chicago, depending on how much of a long leash they're going to let him have or how much control he's going to get to have. I also think that there's a couple other guys that it might be more conducive for them to take a job in Chicago. So the rumor, have you heard the rumor about Belichick and Kraft? No. The, the, the discussion is that 
Kraft is going to let Belichick step down and like go his own way. Okay. And the agreement will be that he will not try to take another job, and they're just going to agree that you know they're not going to they're not going to try to trade him, and Belichick's just going to be able to go out, you know, I guess the right way. Unlike Brady, who they didn't and even have do, a presser for. And do what? I don't know. There's no way this man is going to be able to retire. I mean. I, I would say there's no way this man would give Mac Jones two uh, two guys coaching him that never called plays or coached offense, and he did. It's bizarre that what what's gone on there. They've totally lost the Patriot way. It sounds like though, if he's going to coach again, that and Harbaugh's Harbaugh's in this in this mix too. Los Angeles with the Chargers. Well, yes, I would agree. That's his. That's the front runner to get Harbaugh. And Chicago, I mean, I, Chicago, I, I believe, will be a team that will be sold sooner rather than later. The McCaskies, the way they're going to divvy up this team, I think the, the uh, certain inheritance taxes are going to make it impossible well, that's, for, certain, for certain family members to buy out others. That doesn't make it any easier. Plus, depending on how big this undertaking at Arlington Park is right. going to be. I mean, even the White Sox are struggling with that. What's going on in Chicago, Kelly? Ear to the ground. No, no comment. They can't comment. get, get anything done. Chicago. Of course they can't get anything done. They haven't been, 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 been able to get anything done for 100 years. Can't get anything done. So uh, Marvin Harrison, just for, just for arguments and uh, let's just sleep, uh, offshore wagering here, which, uh, you know, we looked to Vegas, but Vegas won't offer this. Where's Marvin Harrison Jr.'s odds to be the number one overall pick? Right now, 10 to 1. And I was pretty now, I'm shocked surprised by that. By that. And, and the odds on favorite is Caleb Williams. Yep, minus 425, which um, I don't have the math right here in front of me, but I would say is is uh, upwards of a 70%. Okay. And then Drake May? Plus 425. See, if, I, I mean, if Chicago's not drafting a quarterback, they're sticking with Justin Fields. I'm trading the pick. Because you're going to have a – I mean, the teams are going to be on the move for quarterbacks at that spot. But is Marvin Harrison Jr. worthy of being number one overall for the Bears? Yes, if you're sticking with Justin Fields. He's got to have those guys. And if you're going to pay him, you've got to go the rookie route at receiver because you can't spend the big money in free agency. You can't go get T. Higgins if you're going to pay Justin Fields. You can if you're going to draft Caleb Williams. Yeah, minus 425 is actually an 80% implied probability that he's going to go the first round or go, go first Number one overall. overall. And, yeah, and I think he will. Yeah. It's very cyclical where I think what I was saying about him will stir things up in debate. And then by the time there's, they're drafting, it's Caleb Williams number one. I don't know. I don't know if it's Chicago, but well, Carolina's going to be bad. So they're, I mean, they're going, to, they're going to hold the number one overall pick. Chicago will. And then where's their next pick? Let me look at the draft order briefly. Uh, because they, they've actually been winning some games, and they're what they're six and nine, I believe. Well, they really hurt themselves beating the Arizona Cardinals last week, apparently. So right now, they pick number one and then eighth. Okay, two top ten picks, and you could. I mean, if you're not drafting quarterback, you could trade that and get a first this year, a first next year. They they've got to get Crazy Justin Hall. Field some protection. Yeah. They, they need to draft, like, eighth overall. I'm going to go and call it now. They need to draft Cooper Beebe. They need a big-body O-lineman that's going to get him some time because he has the athletic ability to make plays with his feet. If he had another half a second, 
I think he has some real ability and some real talent there to be the guy in Chicago for them. Uh, Giants, let's see. Giants need O-line help. Um, they need help a lot of spots. And then there's New England, <laughs> Washington, Arizona that are, you know, for what... Washington's going to Jacoby Brissett, and I'm thinking, you've lost six in a row. You're doing just fine losing if you're trying to move up, you know, the ranks a bit. And if Arizona wins another game, Washington will have the number two pick. What are you doing? It's not like Ron Rivera saving his job with Jacoby Brissett. Coming up, we discuss NFL news and notes. Russell Wilson benched. Lamar, MVP. Tank Williams joins us next. Sixth of the Peabody, our location. Yeehaw beer, old smoky moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Kelly Stewart in for Chad today. Wednesday edition. Russell Wilson benched. That's the big headline from the NFL. Former NFL safety Tank Williams joins us. Friend of the show and always enjoy the conversation. Tank, what's up, man? Hope things are well. Happy holidays. Yeah, what's happening? Happy holidays to both of you. Uh, thank you. Uh, so, Russell Wilson benched. Were you surprised as, as we were today? Given the fact that they're, I mean, they're still in playoff contention, albeit slim, and they're turning to Jared Stidham in week 17. I think it's surprising for all those reasons, but more than anything else, just what they're obligated to pay him over the coming years. It seems like they really can't get out of that contract without taking a significant hit until like the 2025 season. Yeah. And so I know that they're trying to protect themselves for injury, but who's going to trade for Russell Wilson? Like, that's what I want to know. Because if I'm a team that's going out there and trying to find a quarterback that's probably going to be available this coming season, I'll go after Justin Fields before I take on Russell Wilson at age, what, 35, I believe he is right now. And his contract, given his production over the past couple of years, I'd rather take a 24-year-old Justin Fields with the upside that he's shown this season. And I guess one question that we also have to have is, like, can Russell Wilson actually cook? I mean, Russ is a phenomenal player. He played well, won the Super Bowl, but he was able to lean on Marshawn Lynch. He had a strong defense with the Legion of Boom and all those guys, Bobby Wagner. And so when I look at it from that standpoint, I think it's worth having the discussion of don't take anything away from Russell. He was a Super Bowl winning quarterback, played well. He was able to distribute the ball, protect it, get it to the playmakers and let them cook. But is it kind of like a Brock Purdy situation where Brock Purdy is a really good quarterback? He normally protects the ball, gets the ball to his playmakers. But when you think about who carries that team? It should be the defense. When I look on the offense, it's Christian McCaffrey. You have to have Trent Williams, have to have Debo up in there, being an enforcer in the run and pass game, and that allows all the rest of the offense to function. And so I think when you look at it from that standpoint, you're not going to have Brock Purdy go and carry a team. And at this part of Russell's career, he can't go and carry a team either. So unless they just plan on just cutting him and then eating that and charging – Disney World prices at Wally World. I really don't understand what the Denver Broncos are doing right now. Same tank. I am uh, long-suffering. Well, outside of a couple Super Bowls, Broncos fan. And I am trying to figure out who are they going to go get, not only that can fit within the salary cap, depending on how they end up either getting rid of Russell or however that looks like, who would be a good fit in Denver? I just don't know who they can afford right now. So when you look at it from the Chicago Bears standpoint, it makes sense because – <laughs> they have the opportunity to move on to, like, say, a quarterback like Caleb Williams, first of all. Then you have that rookie contract there. You trade Justin Fields, then you build around a young player like that so you have all the cat room in the world. But if you have to eat Russ's contract, 
And then even if you bring in, say, a guy like Justin Fields, who needs to sign a new deal, whatever the team he's going to go to, and it may not com- command the top money that a Joe Burrow and uh, Justin Herbert and all those guys are getting, but at the same time, it's going to be a significant investment. So they can't even do that. So does that mean that you're just going to ride with Jared Stidham until you can get Russ off the books or until you can draft a rookie quarterback? And are you going to get one of those top-tier rookie quarterbacks at that side where you're going to draft because they are still in playoff contention. So to me, I mean, the Denver Broncos are just in a world of hurt right now because nothing really makes sense to figure out how they can get their long-term quarterback in the near future based on what their record is right now and based on their current cap situation. Take you're a veteran in the NFL. I mean, but the, the message that this sends, uh, just uh, putting yourself in the situation, Sean Payton walks in this morning and says, hey, Jared Stidham's the starter. We're benching Russell Wilson. We've just talked to both guys. It's week 17. Uh, to me, it, it's like the Eagles switching defensive coordinators and play callers in week 15. That is very rare this late in the season. And for the Broncos, who have a 9% chance of making the postseason, I get it. It's slim. I wouldn't bet on it, but I would at least try. And, and maybe, what would it tell you, Tank, if the team actually plays better, more energy, more fire, more passion based on this move? Well, to tell you that what we saw, like reading the tea leaves early on, is what's true. And that's that Russell Wilson lost the team. When you had guys yelling at Russell last year, I believe people thought that maybe this would be a fresh start for Russ playing under Sean Payton. That, you know, he was a, uh, a head coach that was able to manage Drew Brees and they won the Super Bowl. Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback, so maybe they can kind of reinvigorate Russell Wilson. And you'd be able to see that Russ that played in Seattle. But that just wasn't the case. Uh, so I think if Jared Stidham is able to play well in the Sean Payton system with the weapons that they have available to him right now, that's an indictment on Russell Wilson. And I already think it's hard for someone to trade for him now, but then he'll even lose yeah. even more value if Jared Stidham goes and play well. And I'll say one more thing, too. I believe this also says a lot about that coaching staff as well, because if they're willing to cut bait on Russell Wilson and that significant investment they got in him, that means everybody's head could be on a potential chopping block, including Sean Payton. I guess that Walmart money is long and strong. I mean, $39 million guaranteed next year for, for Russell Wilson. It would have been locked in uh, for more money in 2025 had he not been able to pass a physical in March. It's a bizarre storyline, similar to Derek Carr. But again, the money's different in what's guaranteed mm-hmm. and what they gave up to trade for Russell Wilson a couple of years ago. Take Williams, our guest. Is Lamar Jackson your MVP right now? Uh, I think so. I think so. I, I, and the one thing you look at is this, because it was easy to try to, you know, say that Brock Purdy was the MVP, even though even before last night occurred, I said that Christian McCaffrey was the MVP on the San Francisco 49ers. And before Tyreek Kill got injured a couple of weeks ago, Tyreek was my MVP. I think when you look at Lamar Jackson, like none of his stats really pop off the page except for his rushing stats. Like he doesn't have the, the number of rushing touchdowns as Jalen Hurts. His passing yards and passing touchdowns are go- aren't going to be up there at the top uh, with the elite passes in the league. But the splash plays that he was able to make on a consistent basis on Sundays, they aren't the sexiest plays, they aren't the sexiest numbers, but when you look at how he's able to win games in different ways because of what he can do with his unique skill set, I believe that's what really sets him apart. He doesn't have to throw for the three and 400 yards. He doesn't have to run for 150 yards like Justin Fields. He does just enough to win the games. He doesn't care how it looks. He can do all those things, yep. especially with the weapons that he has around him right now, but he doesn't have to. And he just he's willing to sacrifice his stats and doing all that gaudy stuff to be MVP eligible in order to try to win games and win the Super Bowl. 
And that may be more MVP-like than anything else that we've seen this year, even though Tyreek Hill is definitely in my MVP race. And also say Christian McCaffrey, too, because he's definitely the engine that makes the San Francisco 49ers team go, even though they weren't able to have the success without Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, because they're the swag and the glue that holds that team together. Let's talk about two other teams that get talked about a lot as of late. Dallas, who can't win on the road, takes on Detroit this week. Detroit righted the ship if you will, against uh, four interceptions thrown by Nick Mullins uh, in Minneapolis last week. I think that this is kind of more going to be one of the more underrated games of the week. I want to know your kind of thoughts. Obviously, you said Lamar MVP, which probably means you like the Ravens to make it deep into the playoffs. Give me your thoughts on Dallas and Detroit. Uh, They're about tit for tat. I think both of them can have really explosive offenses. I really like the Detroit Lions run game. Jameer Gibbs, once they started feeding that dude the rock. <laughs> excuse me, it's that time of year. He's yeah. been special. I mean, having two touchdowns and running for almost 90 yards, and he's effective in the past game as well. And then you look what Jared Goff can do, spinning the ball around to Amon Ross St. Brown. He's been a weapon for him, Josh Reynolds, Sam Laporta. And when you think about the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, like everyone know where the hell that Dak's going with the ball, <laughs> and they still can't stop it. And when I looked at Seattle, throw the ball all around the yard, on that Dallas Cowboys defense. And then you see Tua do the same thing, even though he didn't have the production as far as touchdowns. I think both of these teams are going to be able to move the ball effectively. So right here, I don't know if it's sneaky to everyone else, but I'm looking at shootout right now. I see a bunch of points going up on the board because I feel like neither one of these defenses are going to be able to stop those offenses with both teams motivated to try to get the best standing as possible in the, in the NFC playoff race. Yeah, I'm with you. It looks like an absolute shootout here. Here's my problem. Detroit's mm-hmm. been a long, long-suffering fan base. They just clinched yeah. the NFC North for the first time in almost 30 years. Dallas, we know, cannot seem to get over the hump on the road. How do you see both these teams going into the postseason? I think Dan Campbell's message to the Detroit Lions is don't be complacent. Like, yeah, we've clinched the you know, playoff spot, but we can't be complacent. Like, you just can't make it to the dance. Your ultimate goal is to win it. And based on the performance that we've had against some of these other teams in the league, we need to go out and show that, hey, we can be the team, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, where everyone's expecting them to bounce back after a tough loss to the Miami Dolphins. You'd expect Dallas to get right, given that Detroit already has their playoff spot clinched, and so they can come in a little bit lax. This is where they need to put their foot on Dallas's neck and then show like, hey, we're one of those top teams in the NFC. And what I just talked about with Dallas is true. You lose that game to Miami and in the game, you feel like you should have won. You have a Dallas, uh, you have a Detroit Lions secondary that can be had. You have CeeDee Lamb, who's playing some of the best ball in the league. Dak has been playing some of the best quarterback in the league. That needs to be front and center playing against the Detroit Lions. So there's no doubt that that Dallas offense can come to play. And then we already know when they play from a lead, what Micah Parsons, Tank Lawrence, and all those guys can do on the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Tank Williams, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow, Kelly Stewart uh, in studio with us as well. Um, so Dallas wins at home. Arrowhead used to be the place you didn't want to go visit. Hmm. What's up with the Chiefs? It, 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 the, the, something's off, and it's more than just drop passes. There's a trust factor there that's just not clicking, and I don't think they're going to be able to get it fixed in the postseason, Tank. It doesn't look like it. Uh, they can't run a rock effectively right now. They don't scare you in the past game. I don't know if it's because Travis Kelsey's still been working through that ankle injury that he had early on in the year. I mean, he looked a little bit explosive in his last game where it's like, okay, he's starting to get his juice back, but... He's still not that threat that could just blow blow off the top like Tyreek was able to do for them 
uh, a couple of years ago, even though they were able to win the Super Bowl last year without Tyreek. Uh, that defense is just getting run through. I mean, the season of Mir White, not even Josh Jacobs, Zamir Wright won for over 150 yards. I mean, that's alarming. And they also give us some uh, splash plays at times, even though, you know, LeJarrius Sneed has been pretty impressive for them. I think what they need is what is in Washington uh, with the commanders right now. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy has been a guy that would chew them out, hold them accountable. And I think even Patrick Mahomes said that they're missing a little bit of that. And so I think some of these guys need to tie it up. It's been so accustomed for the Chiefs to just go out there between the white lines and it just comes easy to you. Well, it's not easy anymore. There's so much parity in the league right now. Every NFL team feels like they can win on any given Sunday. So it's not a given for the Chiefs. So they need to go out there and play their best ball. Patrick Mahomes can't turn the ball over because he doesn't have that splash brother like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, turn it on juice like he had a couple of years ago where he could just bring the team back from anything. Those days are long gone. So they need to play clean football on both sides and able to try to secure themselves in the playoffs. Throughout your career, was there a – how late in the season – did the team you were playing for click going into a postseason run? Or, or is you need there... to be clicking right now. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. You need to be clicking right now. I mean, you can go through your little lumps here and there. You know, the 49ers had their lump early on in the season when they went through the three-game skid, when Trent Williams and Debo was hurt. Philadelphia Eagles just went through theirs. You don't want it to happen that late in the season, but they have a little easy run here leading to the playoffs. But I feel like they can get back on track. When you have some of these other games, like the Dallas Cowboys, like they need to turn it on right now. There's no margin. I mean, there's little margin for error right now. Like, you want to be playing your best ball leading up to the playoffs, so then everything's clicking on all cylinders. You don't have, like, that little bit of doubt in your head, like, are we going to be able to make these explosive teams, like, plays to be able to keep up with a team like the 49ers or the Ravens or the Dolphins or a team like that. You want zero doubt going into the playoffs. You want everything to be clicking on all cylinders. And I feel like some of those teams, like, the one thing, like, say, for example, I felt it was imperative for the 49ers to win the game against the Baltimore Ravens because even though they have an easy one against the Washington Commanders, Los Angeles Rams playing some good ball. Yeah. And those two teams, like, they go at each other's neck. And, you know, the 49ers beat the Rams in L.A. early on in the season. I think that's going to be a tough game to end the season for the San Francisco 49ers. And if you lose that game, Philly's able to win out with that cupcake schedule that they have, and then somehow they secure home field advantage, then you have to go through Philadelphia again after you smack them in the mouth during the regular season and have that dirty taste in their mouth and you have to come back to their house, I think it's going to be a different team that they play in the link if that ends up materializing. So I think it's imperative for the 49ers to somehow wash their hands of that bad loss to Baltimore, went out to make sure they secure home field advantage throughout because if they don't, it may be trouble for the Niners. Tank, we're up against it. I'll just briefly say I, uh, I wouldn't want to play Buffalo in the postseason either. Tank Williams Mm-mm. has been our guest uh, here on Hot Mike. Thanks so much, man. We always enjoy the insight. Let's do this again soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the holidays. Yeah, same as you. Uh, Happy holidays. Uh, Tank Williams 13 on social is where you can find him. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, clicking right now on all cylinders is uh, few and far between right now. Uh, The Ravens are clicking right now. And so Miami seems to be. And they play each other this week. Matched up this week. That's How are you going to play that game, Kelly? Uh, I'm going to be on the Miami side. And not... Thinking that they're going to go in there and win that game. I think that's a field goal game. On the road. Either way, on the road. Look, whenever you have a team that is newly in the spotlight, right? You mentioned Lamar, now all of a sudden the MVP front, yep. and just getting pushed and pushed. Did we just completely discredit what Miami was able to do to the Dallas Cowboys? No. I mean, I, I think the, the last 90 you, seconds, go down there, kick the game. You know what it was going to be? The, the headline was going to be whoever lost that game because it was going to be, if Miami lost, it was going to be, oh, they can't beat a good team. Right. 
Uh, oh, but Dallas won on the road. It, it, if Dallas lost, it's like, oh, can't win on the road. I think Miami is clicking very well. Granted, they do well against subpar teams. The Ravens right now clicking. Seattle. If Seattle they, if they can beat the Steelers this week, they're going to be interesting. They're playing. They're 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 playing well in the big moments of the game. Like throughout the game, it's just kind of a bore. But then whenever it's time to put it on in the fourth quarter, they've been doing that. I mean, that's Seattle and 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 L.A. The two teams there. LA's got the tiebreaker right now over Seattle if they were to tie. Coming up, we get weird. Davey Hudson joins us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick network. Um, how did we do in our UNLV bet last night? Uh, well, let's see. There was over 200 penalty yards thrown against uh, were, an undisciplined Kansas team. Felt like an NFL game. At one point in time, UNLV gave up 21 unanswered. I said, you know what? I'm going to bed. I'm over this. Okay. They don't want to play any defense. They score 21. <laughs> we're back in it. They miss a field goal. We're back, goes off. we're back out of it. Warning. Then they go for two, which they didn't need to do. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, I'll give you the long answer. So this was 11 and a half, right? That's what I had. You had 12 and a half. I had I 12 and a half. It was 11 and a half. Uh, game lands 13. Yeah. And it had did. absolutely no reason to land 13. That UNLV should have covered that game. No issue. Especially having the refs in our pocket, according yeah. to X. Yeah. Well, uh, get your uh, picks for the, uh, maybe some tonight, maybe tomorrow. Uh, I'll follow your lead here because you're right. This We should have won this. The Rebels should have covered this game. Um, coming up, we have uh, weird storylines. Get weird with Davey Hudson. Uh, first, Kelly, some copy for you. Tell us about the uh, wonderful news that we're headed to Outkick.com to stream our show live. Yes, Outkick.com. Wait a minute. You gave me, oh, yes. See, this is why it's funny. When he goes, you want to read the ad copy? I said, no, I actually don't, but I'm going to do it. it. Got it. I'm looking at the watch. I'm worried about the watch in my brain. And we're talking about starting January 3rd, the only place that you can catch Outkick's original and fearless live shows will be on our website. That's very exciting. You'll be able to catch up on YouTube. But for all of our live shows, got to go to outkick.com, unfiltered content. Head to watch the watch tab at uh, outkick.com, so you guys do not miss a beat. See, I told you I was going to butcher this. This is absolutely hilarious. I should do it's much all... better than I expected based on your expectation of yourself. The, see, if you set the bar low... You did. People are like, eh, it wasn't that bad. No, you it was absolutely it terrible. I get a redo later. Um, why, why are the 49ers still the odds-on favorite right now to win the Super Bowl? Because power ratings-wise, they are the best team in the NFL. But power ratings-wise, are they the best in uh, against certain... so? I believe Baltimore is built to beat Kansas City. Yes. They are built to beat San Francisco, although I wouldn't want to play them twice, but we just saw what Baltimore did. Um, I, I, I like Baltimore's makeup uh, of their 53-man roster. Um, and they're getting other players back. And, I mean, to me, I would bet Baltimore right now based on the head-to-head matchup. I, that's where the emotion comes in for me, not the analytical common sense that you would go by. The, the How problem, close is it? It's is close. It close. Right now, uh, Niners two-point favorite in okay. Las Vegas for the okay. Super Bowl. It's close. It's very close. It, and, that, and a lot of people don't understand that because they're like, wait a minute, the Ravens just won in San Francisco right. as five-and-a-half-point underdogs. That's a one-game sample size. We are talking... With four picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, 
I keep complaining about Nick Mullins' four picks, but I have not thanked Brock Purdy for that. You're absolutely right. Would Brock Purdy throw four picks again in the Super Bowl? We don't know. Those types of games are where Vegas really cleans up. And, and a, if, if, let's just say You're that right. was week 18, and then we play the Super Bowl and those two teams meet again you know, mm. a month later, they're going to say, well, the Ravens won the last game. And that's not how this works. I wonder what would happen, though. Lamar Jackson's only won one playoff game. It was here in Nashville. Correct. If he won a run to the Super Bowl, would the odds not flip towards Baltimore's favor? Based on just that, I mean, the, 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 the consistency. Again, he would be doing something we haven't seen, which is win in the postseason on a consistent basis. Correct. And he hasn't always been really healthy. I would say yeah. right now he is really healthy. So right now, the odds-on favorite is still at two to one, the San Francisco 49ers, three to one, the Baltimore Ravens. And then there's quite a few guys sitting at eight to one, the Eagles, the Bills. See, I like the Eagles Cowboys, and Bills there. Cowboys 10 to one. I would not bet Dallas. Interesting enough, Chiefs nine to one. Chiefs are really? nine to one right now. And they were the odds-on favorite, of course, they were uh, to start the season. I think that that there's a bias built in there, a recency bias that Vegas knows they're going to take Chiefs money regardless of yeah. what we've seen uh, from the Chiefs over the last seven games, and it's not been pretty. We're going to see them on the road at some point because they, they're guaranteed to not get the number one overall seed. Right. Um, they can still claim two, but it's, again, like we will see them on the road in the postseason for the first time in the Mahomes era, which is crazy to think about. Dude has never played a road game in the postseason. That is... Uh, Man, I, He's also never lost at Arrowhead in the postseason. Well, you know, there's been a couple coin flips that have went his way. Yep. And, and a couple comebacks against Houston, that big one. Yeah, that was a very big one. I, I, I would have to agree with you. I think the Bills at 8-1 is I like sneaky. Yeah. Uh, Tank Williams just joined us last segment and said, hey, what we want is for teams speaking at the right time. Yeah. Right now, I think there's four so or five of them. What, what would you guess is the average if they, if they go on and make the postseason? Buffalo's odds would go to what? If it's eight to one, eight to one now, would they go six to one, five to one? Yeah, they're going to keep dropping uh, throughout the next couple of weeks because cut we in half. So the values you jump on it now. Oh, if you like it is okay. So I will say this: there's actually a better value in taking the money line and rolling it over than actually making a futures bet. Okay, because you, you don't know injuries and everything else. You actually have to physically do that, and not a lot of people know how to. And also, you have to have a book that allows you to do open parlays. Okay, which is not exactly the easiest thing to do either. We need that. Uh, we do, but take my money. You know, look at Detroit Lions. <laughs> Detroit's still twenty to one to win the Super Bowl. That that is kind of. I think almost borderline disrespectful. It is. But are they going to have to go outside? Is Jared Goff going to get taken out of his comfort zone? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Because, well, let's see. They would go to, right now, what? They would end up in, in Philly, probably. Probably. Or, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's... You know, it'd be a lot different if it was the NBA and we had to have a best of five or a best of seven, right? <laughs> Obviously, it would never happen, but... That's what I talk about. It is still, especially in the playoffs, we see upsets happen all the time. We see, it, we do see that home field advantage is significant during the playoffs in comparison to the regular season. But we've seen a team in the Ravens be able to go in and win all the games on the road and then still win the Super Bowl. It doesn't happen all that often. No, you're right. Uh, it's going to be a weird postseason. I, I think it's wide open in many cases. I mean, it's just a lot of average teams are going to get in. I'm not thinking they're going to... 
uh, two or three of the wildcard teams I actually think could win a game, one game, uh, just based on how bad offensive play has been across the board and inconsistent play, even at the top three and, and the four seed in both conferences. Uh, speaking of weird, time to get weird with Davey Hudson. And five, four, three, two, one, zero, talking now. Guys, as y'all were discussing, uh, the 49ers still being the odds-on favorite, I think part of that, and Kelly, tell me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like it's going to be a lot easier for the 49ers to get out of the NFC than it is for whichever team you're looking at getting out of the AFC. Yes, you're absolutely right. We spoke about this yesterday. I think the AFC is a lot more wide open. The NFC seems, no, it's not, but it seems at least initially very cut and dry. 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. And and with the Lions, like – it might be disrespectful, but they've not won a playoff game in my lifetime, so I kind of understand why the books aren't exactly uh, in in their favor there. Uh, as it relates to getting weird, this first topic I want to get into, it's, it's not a story. I'm, I'm literally posing this to you all because I believe that my likeness has been used on a popular show. Uh, if anyone's uh, watched Amazon Prime's Upload, it's created by Greg Daniels. If you've heard of Greg Daniels, you know, uh, brought the American version uh, – or took the English version, turned it into the American version of The Office. And he's also a co-creator of Parks and Rec, two uh, incredible shows uh, from the sitcom standpoint. And this sci-fi comedy that he's recently put out, I noticed this a couple of years ago, and this isn't something that Greg Daniels has done, but I think there's a producer or somebody in their graphics department, what have you, that knows who I am. Now, and here's my evidence to back this up. So essentially what you guys are going to be deciding, is this my folder or is this not my folder? And so the first thing we're going to show you, this happened all the way back in season one. This happened in May of 2020, whenever I first watched this. If you'll look down there, Nathan Brown, main character of the show, played by Robbie Amell. The folder underneath Nathan Brown's is Dave Hudson's. Now, during this time, I worked as sports radio in Knoxville, Tennessee. And whenever I would do something to aggravate my former co-host, shout out Chris, he would always say, Dave Hudson, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's fast forward Three years from now, we have the same folder. It's a little bit different color, but it popped up yet again on season three. This was at the very end of episode two. And I kind of was like, hey, I'm curious if they kept the same names. And they did. Now you're thinking it's probably just a coincidence. You know, Dave Hudson, uh, David Hudson, those are fairly common names. Well, the next scene in the next episode is the main character wearing a Knoxville Vols shirt. You are only going to have this shirt if you are a fan of the Tennessee Vols or you know someone that went there. I looked it up. Uh, You could initially get this shirt uh, on Tennessee's uh, Vols shop, which is like their official website. And so this show is being filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia. Not a whole lot of ties out there for me, but the fact it happened back to back, the names being used. And I used to work uh, in a show where we would do post-production and I was just the producer that when you're creating mock-ups as far as like what's going to be on this website uh, we have certain documents we just need to create some fake names to throw on there and that made me think I I think somebody might have used my name for that folder and thus in fact is my folder tell me I'm wrong do you know someone that's working on that show not that I'm aware of I was trying to go through the names have you looked up the you know the credits to search where they're from you know that's going to take a long time well, I mean, that you've clearly kept up with this, though. I think it's worth it if you're trying to figure it out if, they, if you may have a connection to somebody. Are, are you 
gonna say something if you can prove it i mean no i think it's just a cool thing to have it's like yeah they use they use me for this folder and i, I just get to claim I, that's, I would that's say my folder. like the other names are not that um Common. basic yeah you know they seem a lot dave hudson's very you know just I would say it's a very common name if it were yeah. next to like, you know, Kelly Stewart, uh, Kelly Stewart, yeah. or, you know, you've got the, you know, Fred Smith, you know, or whatever. Well, Fred Smith, come on. I mean, what? Dave Hudson's not a Fred Smith. Yeah, but Dave and like, I mean, Hudson, I've, I mean, Hudson's a very, I'm kind of curious where that ranks. Name. Hudson last name. No, no, it's not. Compared get, to Isabella. Well, yes. Frisch some or whatever of the other people, of course, but yeah, I mean, I also don't believe in coincidences, Davey, so they probably are. Okay, I'll take it. I just, I wanted to bring that here. I just, like, make sure, like, I'm not crazy. Like, I, I could see the tie there, but, uh, you know, it's, I thought it's interesting. Maybe one day I will finally find the answer, you know, posing this to the audience as well. They might have a way of finding this out. I'd like to know. So, uh, there we go. Uh, guys, uh, next story. Um, have y'all ever flown Spirit Airlines? Unfortunately. Uh, I have not. Okay. Uh we have a Home Alone 2 situation. Spirit Airlines is apologizing for sending a six-year-old on the wrong flight. Now, I would also say you get what you pay for, and I kind of will put a little bit more of the, the issue on the parents for sending their six-year-old on a flight from, I believe this was leaving in Philadelphia and was going to Fort Myers, uh, Florida. So the, the, the good news is the child was accompanied by a spirit employee. They just happened to put the kid on the wrong flight. The parents did or the spirit employee did? The spirit employee did. I mean, how many spirit flights are departing a typical airport, I wonder? Uh, at Philly, a lot. Because unfortunately, whenever my girlfriend well, comes it. to visit me in Florida, she's always stuck with either them or Frontier. And that's okay. just... I actually, last time I flew into Philadelphia, I purposely did not fly spirit. And I had to go to Newark to avoid doing so. Just so you didn't have to Yeah, do I had to take a an hour and a half car ride just so that I didn't have to fly spirit. This was the kid's first time flying. Oh, of course. Oh, wow. So let's put him on a spirit flight. First time flight. But so don't the, so where were the parents again, Davey? They were just, they weren't leaving Philadelphia. Like the kid but was gonna go to, visit his grandma. I thought, the, I thought the rule something. was the parent had to escort, the guardian had to escort you to the, to the gate. I mean, it sounds like they had a spirit employee, like this was set up ahead of time. And the spirit employee like was with the, the kid. <laughs> it was with the kid and uh, went to the gate with them, got on the plane to where they said there was at least a spirit employee with the child at all times. Where did they end up? Uh, they ended up in Orlando. So it, it wasn't New too York. far, but yeah. <laughs> well, you got uh, what Peter and Kate McAllister are to blame. Yeah. Not, I mean, you've got to escort your child or your, uh, your the guardian of the child. I've, I've seen this where they take you to the gate. They say bye and then. The, you have an airport employee that will escort you out through security again since you're not actually boarding a flight. I, I couldn't imagine sending a six-year-old. airlines for you. Yeah. Well, it's still like, I mean, sending a six-year-old uh, by himself. Should have gone southwest. Yeah. He might have been kicked off the flight for too many fat people. Maybe. maybe. Uh, especially if they didn't buy a, a seat but needed one. Poor kid. No telling where he would have. It wouldn't have been open baggage either. <laughs> 